3: 98.7 and 13.30 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk.
4: Championing the core conservative principles of limited government, individual liberty, free enterprise, and traditional values. This is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 13.30 KNSS. I'm a black-waving patriotic. Of my Uncle Sam, a riding, man. I love mom and apple pie and the freedoms that we Welcome back
2: to the John Whitmer Show on 987 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. Sponsored by Wink Hartman and the Hartman group of companies. You can also listen to us by downloading the Odyssey app or telling your smart speaker to play KNSS Radio. And make sure you like and share the John Whitmer Show on Facebook. And, of course, follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer. That's the best way to stay informed on all the latest show updates. Well, that music means only one thing. that uh, We have the, uh, the best senator in the United States Senate with us. Dr. Roger Marshall. Doc, thank you for joining us this evening. It's a pleasure to have you back on the show again, my friend.
0: Yeah, John, it's it's great to be back in Kansas, and I just have had a great week here in the Wichita area, learned a lot, and just feel like I've got my compass back set to north.
1: Well,
2: it's nice to have you back, and I've, I've seen you've been busy. You were busy, obviously, before you came back home, and uh, you obviously you've been busy. I, I've been following your Twitter feed. By the way, if folks want to follow you on Twitter, you've got a, f- a fantastic Twitter feed. It's at Roger Marshall, M.D., uh, but I saw, um, amongst other things, you tweeted out the fact that Earlier this week, uh, President Biden signed the Republican-led bill ending the COVID-19 emergency. It only took him, you know, two years too late to do that. But uh, so he can no longer use the pandemic as an excuse to ram through his political agenda, finally. Right, John. And
0: and just to remind your listeners, this is the third time this has passed the Senate now. Uh, This is a, a, a congressional review act that we authored that we led the charge on. And again the emphasis here is how Joe Biden has used this emergency declaration to manipulate and borrow money from our grandchildren. So at the end of this emergency, hopefully he's gonna stop paying families sixty, eighty thousand dollars a year to not work. Right. So he's used this emergency as an excuse to do everything from pay for your school loans, to pay for your rent, to give you uh, free health care, to give you food stamps. All those extra benefits as he's extending and extending unemployment benefits. And don't get me wrong, there's people that need the help, but we need the 7 million healthy American men between the ages of 25 and 45 that aren't working right now to come back to work. That's what we need to happen for America to turn the economy into a positive direction.
2: You're you're being humble when you say we led the charge. You led the charge on that, Doc, and thank you for doing it. And you're right, Joe Biden has abused the COVID-19 national emergency declaration to fulfill his campaign promises. Uh, Among those was his pledge to forgive student loan debt. And hopefully with the passage of this bill, we can finally put that whole nonsense to rest and these kids can start paying off the loans that they agreed to in the first place.
0: Yeah, you know, all, all those things. And certainly I, I am concerned about the cost of tuition, and I'm concerned about the amount of student loan debt yeah. that's out there. But but like you said, we all made a decision when I was in medical school. I had the choice to borrow more money from the bank or join the Army Reserve. So I chose to join the Army Reserve uh, and for other reasons as well, but that was certainly one of them. Is so I wouldn't have to borrow money to, to go through medical school. I had a new baby at home uh, that was married by then. So I, I, like you said, we make those choices versus other medical students chose to, to borrow $100,000 a year. Uh, there, there are so many people that, that maybe just chose right to go from high school on onto the workforce and been very successful. Uh, so, we, we like you said, we make decisions. We should live by those decisions, honor those decisions. There's other ways that we should be working on trying to lower the cost of colleges and the amount of money people are borrowing to do that.
2: Yeah, You're right, and Joe Lunchpail doesn't need to be paying off your, mm-hmm. you know, degree in non-binary basket weaving, and I, I just, I'm, I'm hoping that this finally puts an end to that. You, you mentioned that you were a reservist. You were in Wichita, uh, you know, earlier this week. Among the stops you visited was the Robert J. Dole Veterans Affairs Center. And I know one of the reasons you were there was to draw attention to the allegations of mistreatment at the facility. This has not been able to get a whole lot of traction. The media really hasn't covered the story. Can you give us a little idea of what all has been going on and and the reason you particularly wanted to go there and draw attention to the story itself?
0: Right. So, again, you go back to medical school. Uh, My last two years of medical school in Wichita, I spent time at this VA hospital. I'm proud of the great work that they are doing. It's so important. I mean, who doesn't have a loved one or friend that's gotten care at the Robert Dole VA hospital, right? So uh, when you lose your reputation, you never get it back. So when we found out, at least the allegations are, is that they were doing improper uh, procedures that they were doing uh, catheterizations on people's uh, leg arteries and veins, and doing more than they should have been doing. Maybe there was complications from them. There were shenanigans going on. The uh, representative from the company was probably given some type of kickback to the doctors doing it. Oh, At least those are the allegations. <clears throat> and this happened several years ago. A whistleblower came forward. Uh, it was brought to our attention, glad, proud to work with Senator Moran on trying to get to the bottom of this. It took 35 days for the V-8 even to respond to our letter to say that they were going to file it and then refer it to the right, right place in the center. So we, we certainly want to hold those people accountable. I was very satisfied with my answers I got from their interim administrator that they're trying to go through the process but they warned us it would take months, and that's what's frustrating. I really think it should take weeks and not months to find answers to this so we can start restoring the reputation of this hospital.
2: Speaking of someone who needs their reputation restored, uh, you have Secretary Mayorkas coming before the Senate uh, Homeland Committee next week. Um, (laughs) How warm a reception Is Mayorkas going to get next week? (laughs) Hopefully not very warm.
0: Yeah, no, he won't. And, you know, in some cases, the way he's the messenger, Uh, he's doing, he takes his orders from from, from up above. But he is derelict in his duties, and no one can argue that. There's not a person that could look us in the eye or any of your listeners and say, we have a secure border. By law, by law, he is tasked with securing our border. And when you're having five or 10,000 people cross the border uh, illegally every day, how can you say that? When we have 300 Americans dying every day from fentanyl poisoning that came across our, our border, when we have human trafficking and uh, it's the drug trafficking coming across the border, the terrorists coming across the border, no one can say he has control uh, of, of the border it's, it's still. I think it's, it's. It may be still a bigger issue to most Americans than even inflation is when it comes to their personal well-being that they're concerned about the southern border and the impact it's having on them and their families.
2: You know, Doc, I'm. I'm glad you brought up fentanyl because the the numbers are staggering. I just saw which the Eagle article recently that showed a bust with a just, I mean, bags and bags of fentanyl that they found in Wichita. It's, it's poisoning adults and teenagers, which is why, among other things, you've introduced a bill called the Cooper Davis bill. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what you're hoping to accomplish, and what do you think the chances are that bill passes?
0: Yeah, John, so the Cooper Davis bill is named for a, a young boy. He was going into his junior year of high school in DeSoto, Kansas, Tina's friends ordered two Percocet tablets on Snapchat. Cooper took a half a t- tablet and died. It was laced with fentanyl. And unfortunately, this story is being played throughout America every day. Every day in Kansas, one or two, young, typically young adults, young uh, high school students are dying from fentanyl poisoning. To your point, it's poisoning. This is not an overdose. These uh, kids. Young adults do not realize that the the medication, the medicines they're taking, and they're illegal medicines. You know, Xanax or Tag I mean they could be prescribed legally, but they're getting them illegally or laced with fentanyl. And why the Chinese want to kill our young Americans, I, I I don't have the answer for that. What our legislation does is force the social media companies to be proactive uh, with law enforcement, and when they see this going on, to reach out to law enforcement. Um, We've worked with the DEA to get the language right. We've actually worked with Snapchat. They've been very cooperative. Google has been cooperative with us. Facebook, not so much. Uh, but trying to get the legislation right because they want to do the right thing and they see the uh, with their machine learning, the artificial intelligence, they see the keywords. To know when drug trafficking is going on so this will be one one piece of the puzzle the real problem is the southern border you and I know that but this is one little piece of the puzzle that we can do I think it's got a great chance of getting to the president's desk it has bipartisan support it's being co-led uh, with Gene Shaheen a Democrat from New Hampshire and uh, Dick Durbin who's the, the, the Democrat whip the number two person in their party so I think it's got a great chance of getting to the president's
2: desk. Doc, I, I know we've got to let you run, and I appreciate you taking some time out on a Sunday evening to join us. But I I, I do want to ask you about just kind of the, the general direction that we're seeing. You know, we we recently saw yet another of these tragic mass murderers, uh, the, you know, the same week that, that Christian children were targeted and murdered by a transgender activist, Joe Biden decided it was the best thing to tweet about transgender day of, you know, visibility. So it, they're, they're out of touch. They, they there's a disconnect there. Um, the white house was focused more on the shooter than the victims. Uh, you know, they, they, chose to call for gun confiscation rather than, you know, mental health. It just seems like there's a disconnect in so many areas. And I, I some folks are just starting to wonder if, if, if we're past fixing if 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 we're just on the wrong track and it's too late to turn things around i'm curious what your thoughts are uh i it, you know we've always had head scratcher moments but this thing is just getting out of whack where you know beer, even beer companies you know bra companies are having people without breasts <laughs> as their spokespeople i just don't get it you know
0: well, John, you are almost speechless, but then you saved yourself. That I, I mean, you, you see, you were scratching your head because there's no words to explain uh, right now. Um, I think the physician in me always says, "What's the real cause of this?" And it's there's a mental health epidemic like we've never seen before. Uh, you you have to have a mental illness to do what these people are doing—to go in and shoot up a room full of of anybody. Room, right? Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a basic mental health issue going on there. I want your listeners to know that what, what I have done and, and will continue to work to try to solve the problems. We'll come back to mental health if we got time, time to. But five years ago when I was in the, on the House side, we helped co-lead legislation to help make our schools more secure. And I'm proud to say that every school I visit in Kansas is much more secure today than it was five years ago. Now we're introducing legislation we have introduced it that would allow the, the schools to use some of their COVID relief money to actually pay for an armed guard in these class in these uh, schools. Look, Good. these murders these murderers are cowards. they are absolute cowards and if they know they're going to get shot back they're not going to do it. I've also worked on making it um, you know to enforce the current laws that we do have as far as the process to going through to get a gun. Almost every one of these cases, you sit there and say, how did this person with their history why were they able to go in and purchase the weapons that they purchased and that's not always the case but again we need to enforce the current laws that we have look i, I believe that the second amendment is what protects the first amendment and and that's just uh, one of my my pillars of life that that's unarguable i'm absolutely convinced that we need to protect our second amendment let's adjust the mental health issue uh, going back to these seven million young men that aren 't working right now, I think getting them back to having a purpose in life where they're having a job, providing the family bringing bringing purpose and meaning to their life is part of the solution. Um, I think that we've got an addiction to to video games and social media as well yeah. it's as bad as it's worse than pornography in its own ways. And I, I hate to be the government that has to regulate those types of things, but but I'm actually you know looking. What do we do with TikTok? What do we do with these horribly violent video games? Um, so let's. This is a moment, and I'm still hopeful. I still think uh, engaging kids, whether it's you know being in Boy Scouts or playing sports together, those are the proactive things for mental health, not necessarily just medication. So i i don't got it solved either i'm as perplexed as you are but but i'm going to keep working at it
2: i think you're right i i just wish the boy scouts were actually for boys anymore (laughs) i just i don't know again it's a head scratcher doc i i i really appreciate you we are so fortunate to have a conservative champion like you in Washington uh, de- fighting for us and defending traditional values and principles and lower taxes and the things that, that, that we uh, are common values. And we're so very grateful to have you up there. Uh, if Folks, again, if they want to follow you on Twitter, it's at uh, That's uh, I, I follow you. I, I strongly encourage people to do so. Um, is, is, there, is that the best way for folks to get in touch with you?
0: You know, absolutely, and then they can go to our, our website, marshall.senate.gov, marshall.senate.gov. They can email us, those those types of things as well. So we appreciate you helping us get the, the word out for giving us a bit of a megaphone as well to, uh, to uh, again, just my visit back to the Wichita vicinity, just hearing over and over people's concerns about our values, that they're being attacked, but those values that we were raised on are still important. And, you know, the federal government is not the solution to the problems. We are the solution that starts in our own schools, in our own Sunday school classes, Uh, volunteering to coach, to teach, to to all those types of things. That's where we make uh, young people patriots and respect rule of law, respect um, the work ethics, all those things we were raised on. So. That's
2: that's our focus right now. Doc, I, I appreciate you, my friend. Thank you again. It was nice to have you back in Wichita. You'll have to do it more often, okay? Absolutely. Great to talk to you. Thanks again, Doc. Carry on the fight, my friend. Thanks, John. We'll take a quick break. When we return, we'll take your calls. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show, 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. We'll be back right after that. Studio lines are open, 316-869-1330. Rusty
5: Eckford has been serving our customers in Wichita and all over Kansas for 70 years. Rusty Eckford has the new Ford or Blue Advantage certified pre-owned vehicle you are looking for online in stock and ready for delivery. Our finance team will help you with the best finance options available. Need your car serviced? Rusty Eckford has factory certified technicians to care for all your auto repair needs. We can pick up and drop off your vehicle for service and our mobile service van can come to your home, work, or fleet for most Routine maintenance needs. Been in a wreck? Call Eck. Our certified professionals can work on all makes and models. We work with your insurance company to get you back on the road as soon as possible. Rusty Eck Ford is Wichita's only President's Award-winning dealership three years running for the best overall sales and service experience. Come see us today at 7310 East Kellogg or online at rustyeckford.com and drive home your new Ford today. And remember, if
6: you don't come see us today... We can't save you any money. Join us at Odyssey as we all do our one thing together millions of things for our planet. Serving with the Great Plains Nature Center is an opportunity packed with adventure, exploration, and free family fun, including interactive events, animal care, trail cleanup, children's programs, and more. There are volunteer opportunities for everyone. Located at 29th and Woodlawn, they're open Monday through Saturday, 9 to 5, while park trails are open dawn to dusk. Find your place at the Great Plains Nature Center on social media. Media and at GPNC.org. This
3: is Dana Lash, and you're listening to the John Whitmer show on 987 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk.
1: China, Russia, Iran, North Korea. At least two banks have blown up. Russian aircraft. They shot down a United States warplane. It's
4: just totally, they've just gone crazy. That
3: makes me crazy.
4: My head is about to explode. My buddies are getting laid off. They can't even afford to buy toothpaste. It just seems to be getting worse and worse. It's insane. I'm going to lose my mind. 98.7 and 1330 KNSS.
1: And I dedicate a lot of my time going fast. But when my grandpa was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, it was a very unexpected bump in the road for us. It's important to notice if older family members are acting differently or having trouble with routine tasks. Early detection of Alzheimer's can give your family time to explore support services and access available treatments. If you or your family are noticing changes, it could be Alzheimer's. Talk about seeing a doctor together. Visit alz.org slash time to talk. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council.
4: My show personally, the Glenn Beck Program, is at its zenith, doesn't get better than right now. There are more people listening to me than there are watching cable news right now. The Glenn Beck Program, mornings from 9 until 11 on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS.
3: This is Dana Lash and you're listening to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk.
4: Your phone call is welcome at 869-1330. This is the John Whitmer Show on 987 and 1330 KNSS.
2: The John Whitmer Show on 987 and 1330 KNSS, sponsored by Wink Hartman and the Hartman Group of Companies. As a reminder, you can always listen to us by telling your smart speaker to play KNSS Radio. If you ever miss an episode, just visit knssradio.com. You'll find links to podcasts of all our previous episodes there. And of course, make sure you like and follow the John Whitmer Show Facebook page and follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer to get all the latest updates on the show. And, of course, give us a call. Our studio lines are open, 316-869-1330. would love to hear from you. Uh, coming up, actually, in a, in a week or two, April 29th, from 6 to 11 p.m., is the Sedgwick County Black Republican Council. They're presenting their Better Together Unity Ball uh, this is a fun and exciting semi-formal dinner and dance. Should be a great event. If you want to attend, if you want more information, um, you can find it at sedgwick.gop. Speaking of which, to also remind you, we talked to Deb Lucia here at the uh, right before the top of the hour. But coming up on Thursday is the monthly meeting of the Sedgwick County Republican Party. That starts at 630 The meeting starting at 7, and that's at the Wichita Area Builders Association. So it's time to get motivated, folks. It's time to get engaged, time to get involved. I've already talked to a couple of the candidates. I had a, a brief phone call with Celeste Reset last week. I met with Lily Wu. Obviously, I've talked to Brian Fry. So I'm already talking to some of the mayoral candidates, all of whom have agreed to come on the show once we start doing candidate interviews. We'll interview, uh, we'll, we'll bring you all uh, as many of the city council candidates as well who want to and are willing to come on the show because I want to bring you as many candidates as possible. It's one of the things that I, I take pride in that this show does. More than many others, or more than any other really, we bring you the candidates. We've had Democrats on this show. We've had Libertarians last year. We had the Libertarian candidate for president on this show. And we will do what we can to bring you as many candidates. Uh, we have an open invitation to Brandon Whipple. He had originally committed a long time ago, and then he just you know chickened out, which is, you know, which is why I probably gave him the nickname <laughs> because Brandon is sort of a a little uh, a little chicken. Jeff, you're on the uh, the John Whitmer Show. Thank you for sticking around. Jeff, we there? Do we lose him? Yep. Jeff, are you there? Nope. I guess we've lost. Well, it's okay. It's live radio, folks. That's what happens. <laughs> That's okay. I'm I, I'm grateful to have the callers. If he calls back, Andrew, just give me a thumbs up. Let me know, and I'll uh, I'll I'm happy to put him back on the air. Um, he wanted to talk about the Republican presidential primary, which is interesting, too. We, we've we had presidential candidates on the show. We've had Vice President Pence on the show. Uh, I was a little, I have to be honest with you, I was a little surprised that Mike Pompeo announced that he's not running for president. I thought for sure that Mike would be one of the candidates in this election cycle. Um, but part of me, I have to say, though I like Mike and I've known Mike for years um, I, I've, I've walked in many a parade with Mike Pompeo, and he is a class act. I do think it's interesting that he chose not to run, and I think that's partly due to the fact that that we can't afford. I don't think we want to have a big, like we did last time, where there was sixteen, eighteen candidates on the on the stage. I think we want a much narrower field this time. Let it get down to two or three, and let them fight it out. Jeff, I think we hopefully we got you sorted out. You're on the John Whitmer show. <laughs>
0: Hi, John. Do you hear me now?
2: Yes, yes. We well, there. You are. How are you, sir? Yeah, good. Uh, I
0: had a question for you. Do uh-huh. you have a? Do you have a? Do you have a timeline? You think for when the presidential Republican? Uh, uh, what do I want to say? When they're going to start?
2: When they'll uh, the candidates will actually? Um, well, you've obviously yeah, you had start, some already. Uh, will, I mean, uh, and
0: things start heating up. And, sure that kind of stuff. Well, Trump
2: know. Trump already is in, obviously. So you've had Nikki Haley has announced um, Asa Hutchison, not a factor. He's announced, but he's not going to be a factor. So there's the legitimate candidates. Tim Scott just announced yesterday an exploratory committee. Tim Scott's a viable candidate. Obviously, the other the other legitimate, viable candidate is Ron DeSantis. And frankly, yeah. that's, that's who I'm pulling for, and I, I I think he will probably announce, but you never know. I think Mike Pence is a possibility. Um, I, I people should not be um, should not take Tim Scott for granted. We've had him on the show. He would be a very interesting. He'd be a formidable opponent for Joe Biden. But I am kind of glad to see some of them not announcing, because I think one of the reasons, and I haven't spoken to Mike Pompeo, but I think one of the reasons why Mike may not have run is because he recognizes that we can't afford a big drawn-out primary, and if we can get it down to two or three, then it's a legitimate, okay, then we have two choices to choose from, and the, let the best candidate win. If you get 12 then somebody with 30% of the vote can emerge, which is kind of how Trump did it the last time. I'm not saying he wasn't the best candidate. I'm just saying that's how he won, was by a plurality. And I'd rather it come down to -to head-to-head between him and
0: DeSantis, for example. When does that Iowa, what do they call Uh, it, the straw vote or something? Yeah, the straw poll.
2: None of that's till next year. Um, And I don't know how much really you'll see because many states, like Kansas, have local elections coming up this fall. And so a lot of these folks are going to, you know, kind of take their time and wait. And But right now, you're already seeing it there. Look, anybody who's out there right now on a book tour or uh, giving speeches or helping anyone who's up for election in this election cycle, those are the people who are thinking about running for president. Anybody who's got a book coming out, that's why.
0: Yeah. Okay, thanks, John.
2: Yep, you're welcome, Jeff. Appreciate it. Uh, listen, we are up at the bottom of the hour. We'll take a quick break. And coming up, we're going to talk, after we pay a few bills, we're going to talk about the left and their allies in the media who are pushing to increase restrictions on our Second Amendment rights with Gabriella Hoffman. She's going to be the speaker at the Kansas State Rifle Association Convention coming up, and we're going to have her on the show next You're listening to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. We'll be back right after this.
5: This weather report is brought to you by Midwest Kia. We want to see you in a Midwest Kia.
0: A diminishing wind expected tonight and we'll wake up to a chilly Monday morning. 38 degrees by daybreak, clear skies overnight, northwest winds around 20, sunshine and a developing south breeze for your Monday 80 degrees expected in the afternoon, even warmer Tuesday. I'm KNSS meteorologist Rodney Price. Fox News,
6: I'm Ann Carrick. Four dead, 28 injured after a shooting at a dance studio in Dadeville, Alabama. Sergeant Jeremy Burkett asking for the community's help. So if you
0: are at home right now or you know somebody that has any information about what occurred last night, I cannot stress this enough. Ever how minor you think it is, we absolutely need you to share it.
6: One of the dead now identified as the brother of the 16-year-old girl celebrating her sweet 16th birthday at the dance studio. The president and first lady sending prayers to those impacted. More questions for the Pentagon as a second person is under scrutiny for leaked classified documents. The Wall Street Journal naming a former Navy petty officer named Sarah Bills. Senator Lindsey Graham on ABC's This Week.
1: Some people need to be fired over this.
6: The Journal saying the retired petty officer used her clearance to steal information. America's listening to Fox News.
4: Live Sunday nights, this is The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS.
2: John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk, sponsored by Wink Hartman and the Hartman Group of Companies. Don't forget, if you ever miss an episode, just visit knssradio.com. You'll find a link to podcasts of all our previous episodes there. And make sure you like and share the John Whitmer Show on Facebook and Follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer. Those are the best ways to stay informed on all the latest show updates. Well, in the wake of the tragic shootings in Nashville, the left and their allies in the media are once again pushing for increased restrictions on our Second Amendment rights. This is not surprising. It's it's sadly predictable and while they talk uh, about taking away our freedoms and constitutional rights of law-abiding citizens they're ignoring many of the possible solutions that might actually solve the problems with us now to discuss the continued battle for our second amendment freedoms is Gabriella Hoffman Gabby is an award-winning writer journalist and podcast host with her parents escaping communism she's passionate About freedom, and she's coming to Kansas. She'll be in Lenexa on April 22nd for the Kansas State Rifle Association's annual meeting, where she'll be the keynote speaker. Uh, Gabby, thank you for joining us this evening. It's a pleasure to have you on the show.
6: It's good to be on with you, John. Look forward to coming back to Kansas.
2: Yes, well, I, we're happy to have you. I've I've attended the KSRA annual conventions before, and they're always a blast. I you know I, I never get to win a gun. I've tried multiple times. Maybe this year, we'll see. We'll see you know, you, you never know. You got to keep trying, right? If you don't, if you're not present, you can't win. So you got to try. Um, let me ask you before we talk about the KSRA, and I, I do want to talk about the convention, but I, I have to ask you about some of the stuff that's coming out of the white house lately. They're, they're calling for what they call, you know, quote unquote, common sense gun safety reforms. And this includes stuff like, you know, assault weapons bans and high capacity magazine bans and universal background checks and red flag laws. And I I mean, the, the problem with all this stuff is the criminals don't care about any of that. I mean, the, the people who are hell-bent on committing these crimes, they're, they're not going to care if there's a ban or whatever common-sense gun safety reforms. They're just going to continue to commit these crimes.
6: That's an absolutely perfect characterization of their policies. And the, what the White House thinks is common sense is very arcane and very obtuse to the regular American who understands the Second Amendment, um, tr- actual gun safety, not this really nicely packaged version of gun safety that often translates to gun confiscation right and we we have we see this repeating time and time again with these unfortunate mass shootings which are largely underpinned by not so much the guns obviously it's these people who are pulling the trigger and enacting harm in their respective communities most of the time these assailants are on the radar of the fbi for some reason we don't want to address that why is the nick system not enforced properly why are they having people slip under the radar why is mental health not properly addressed? They're just going for the tools from which these criminals can be emboldened. And it doesn't matter the type of tool. People kill with cars. With respect to the assault, assault weapons, as you mentioned, AR-15s, they continue to mis, misinform about that. They're not assault weapons, as, as your, you and your listeners know. Their nomenclature and, and kind of the orientation of ARs. I just built an AR myself, funny enough. So I know this even more firsthand, having done a partial build. Uh, All legal, did it through FFL, got it all processed, all perfectly good to do and legal to do because I'm doing it for target shooting and hunting, big game hunting here in Virginia. And by nature, it is not an assault weapon. It is a semi-automatic weapon. One pull of the trigger leads to one bullet. It's not a cascade of bullets coming out, which is typified of fully automatic firearms, which are very hard to procure. They're highly regulated. Oh, yeah. You can can obtain them, but they're extremely rare in occurrence, in common occurrence. And – when they're saying that we need to have an assault weapons ban, they tried that before, and it led to more crime in the 90s. I recall hearing about that. They they touted it as a success. It didn't lead to any demonstrable decrease in crime. And when you're looking at the crime statistics, first and foremost, it's handguns, uh, which I still don't think they should ban. That's a wrong thinking. But even before an AR-15 or a uh, modern sporting rifle, you could say knives and other weapons precede an AR altogether. I mean, if they wanted to go with a knife ban, I doubt that would work. In any event, they need to be realistic about what is actually contributing to crime, but we don't want to give them license to say they need to ban handguns. The handguns were taken off the, obviously, NFA uh, several decades ago. Um, It's wrong to do that, but they're attacking the wrong thing. It's not the tool, it's the individual. What can be done to prevent these instances from happening again? It's not more gun control. It's actually tackling it Alternatively, you know, mental health reforms, um, not encroaching on people's civil liberties, and and obviously families paying better attention to their kids. A lot of these shooters are Generation Z. What is going on with this generation? That calls into question, you know, certain things.
2: Right. No, you're absolutely right. And I repeatedly have asked those. I mean, when I was in the legislature, they used to question me on this stuff because I served on committees that handled these issues, and I would always push back on that question. Is You know how are you? None of these issues address the criminals. They they don't they don't address the cartels. They don't address the gangs because they're not going to care. Gangbangers and cartels aren't bothering to register their weapons. They aren't bothering to go get a concealed carry permit. They they're not buying them legally anyway. So none of this stuff that you're really focusing on is targeting the law-abiding, lawful gun owner, and that's not the the vast majority of these crimes aren't committed by the people you're targeting with the bulk of these guns laws, particularly like, for example, red flag laws. I mean, they're only about seizing firearms and obliterating due process protections. And Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, but if someone is dangerous enough to remove their rights, then they should be dangerous enough to take them before a judge and put them in jail or put them in a hospital. If they're not that dangerous, then why are you, why are they so dangerous that we can take away their fundamental Second Amendment rights? But they don't want to have that conversation because for the left, I don't think this is really so much about their rights as it is just about the gun. Let's get the gun and, and then everything will be right. Everything will be face, safe and because for them, they really do. A lot of these people think the sticker on the window is what makes you safe. And we all know that doesn't.
6: No, and they come about this from a place of ignorance, and they say that we should model ourselves after Australia and countries where firearms ownership is virtually non-existent. You alluded to my family history. My family, kind of anecdotally, um, I had asked my parents, what was the gun confiscation policy like in the Soviet Union? And I had heard oftentimes that they would, I don't know exactly in my own immediate family, I think my grandpa who survived internment in a gulag, uh, did have a shotgun or something, but most people who were resisting unfortunately had to give in their weapons Yeah, uh, when the Soviets and, and even Nazis before them were taking over and vice versa. And so historically it's known that gun confiscation doesn't lead to harmony, doesn't lead to better overall wellness. It leads to a very you know unhappy populace where the government is basically controlling every move and, and not guaranteeing your safety but scaring you into having fear of the government and, and you know consolidating your emotions into that and, and being afraid to speak out or her, you you know, be independent. And so we see that gun confiscation doesn't work. And, and to say that we have to look to other countries which don't respect civil liberties as often as we do, I mean certainly we're not perfect and, and they're kind of besieging uh, protection and safeguarding of civil liberties today, under, especially under this administration. We still do a whole lot better with the Second Amendment, thankfully being enshrined there. Uh, but the extreme risk protection orders, better known as red flag laws, yes, they they are used to just get rid of the gun. They think just getting rid of the gun is going to stop the problem, and it doesn't. Right. No matter the policy, and we have very rogue, you know, Commonwealth attorneys here in Virginia or district attorneys and prosecutors who are for gun control, yet they release criminals who have been convicted right. yeah. having gun crimes or crimes involving gun, guns on their record, long rap sheets. They've shot people. They're just. A danger to society. They were they released them into the wild again, and they're w- wondering why is crime increasing, especially involving guns. Right. Uh, because th- 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 again, their policies don't work. It's it's an enigma to me that they can justify confiscating guns of law-abiding people while simultaneously releasing people who have committed crimes involving firearms, very prominently. It's it's just bizarre. So we don't, we can't trust them uh, to to protect us and to really have our safety in mind. You have to be your own best advocate here. And, yeah, we just have these rogue politicians and prosecutors who don't really care. And they would be fine if every last gun was taken off the street. And they, they even say they only want police to have guns. And then they say they don't want police to have guns. They right. have to ride police. So it's hard to follow them with this logic. It's illogical what they're largely arguing. And I think more and more people are coming around to that. You have even new people who are purchasing farms who are not even conservative. A lot of Democrats and kind of of middle-of-the-road people are saying, I can't rely on the police or I can't trust these politicians to safeguard my interests. I have to purchase a gun. I have to train with a firearm to ensure that, you know, some burglar doesn't come into my house, some potential, you know, assailant could harm me, things, that sort of people of all political stripes, of all geographic regions are saying that they have to become their own best advocate, including Uh, exploring options to learn how to use a firearm and to train with it um, in the event that hopefully they never have to use it. But if they have to use it as a last resort option, they're prepared, they're fully aware, and that they don't have to be killed in the process because some lunatic, raving lunatic, came in and wanted to obviously violate their sovereignty in their home or workplace, things of that sort. So easy to prevent a lot of this stuff, but we don't have willing politicians, and they're diagnosing the wrong problem.
2: We're talking with podcast host Gabriela Hoffman, and uh, you're coming to Kansas. You'll be in Lenexa on April 22nd for the Kansas State Rifle Association's annual meeting. Um, I I know if folks are interested, they get information at kansasrifle.org, but can you tell us a little bit about the event, why you're coming, what you're hoping to, uh, the message you're hoping to deliver?
6: Yeah, it's a huge honor. Actually, it's my first ever keynote speech. I've done a lot of public speaking across the country, but a solo keynote speech in this kind of magnitude i haven't done before so i'm very honored that this will be my first one hopefully one of many uh to come but uh i've known some of the organizers i've known mariah day for oh, a yeah. long long time we, I, I know we, we go well. back to yeah we go back to leadership institute he was an intern i was a staffer at the time got to befriend him and we kept in touch over the years and we were trying to find ways uh, for me to get involved somehow in the group and he proposed uh, being the keynote speaker. And I, I couldn't say no. And it's, it's a good opportunity. And in terms of what I'll be speaking, I won't give away everything. But I think my speech will encompass you know, a little bit of my story. But I don't want it to be all about me. I will probably comment on the current state of affairs. I'm also probably going to highlight how uh, shooting sports enthusiasts and people who purchase guns and ammunition are actually the biggest drivers of conservation. Although the Second Amendment does not guarantee hunting, uh, the Second Amendment backers are largely funding conservation, and that's a good thing. I think we see um, attempts to erode that even from the right. That kind of bothers me. So I'm going to claim the connection all the while maintaining kind of the sanctity of the Second Amendment, um, including that. But but we do help fund, you know, conservation. We promote gun safety. So I'm going to try to intertwine all of that together in my speech and, and open it up to question and answer, too, when I'm speaking as well. I don't want to just drone on about topics or my musings i really want to hear from the public and answer any questions they may have about what the future of the second amendment and related topics has in store
2: well i know it's going to be a great event it's the kansas state rifle association's annual meeting coming up in lonexa on april 22nd we've shared information on it on the John Whitmer Show Facebook page, people can find information, get tickets at kansasrifle.org. Again, Lenexa, April 22nd. If folks want to get in touch with you, they can find you on Twitter at Gabby underscore Hoffman. I follow you on Twitter, and uh, you can also be found at com. correct?
6: Yeah, and that'll... Connect listeners to all my digital properties. My podcast that you alluded to—it's called the District of Conservation Podcast. We talk about the Second Amendment and guns there very actively and frequently. I'm a senior fellow, Independent Women's Forum. I have a lot of affiliations, which I won't bore your listeners about, but they can look more on my website. That's a great trafficker of all my different avenues, my affiliations, and my social media accounts. And I hope they connect with me and they come to the annual meeting. It'd be good to meet more Kansans. I have a special place in my heart for Kansas because. When I was first there a few years ago, I was bestowed an award with an outdoor media association that I'm involved in, and I became an award-winning outdoor writer then, almost four years ago. So Kansas has a memorable place in my heart for that, so it's good to come back for another milestone.
2: Well, we're glad to have you back. We look forward to seeing you on the 22nd. Gabby, thank you again for joining us this evening, and carry on the fight, my friend.
6: I will. Thank you for having me.
2: We'll take a quick break, and then I want to hear from you. Our phone lines are open, 316-869-1330. Give me a call. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. We'll be back right after this.
3: At Midwest Kia, we know that car shopping can feel like one big April Fool's joke. Finding available inventory, qualifying for a good rate on the loan, and making sense of all the promises being advertised can take all the fun out of car shopping. Not this April, and not at Midwest Kia. Come see us for the promise of a better way to buy. Simple processes, transparent pricing never marked up over MSRP. And always with the intention of getting you into your new Kia fast. Get up to $1,500 in rebates and special APR offers as low as 2.9% on your next new Kia. We've got the vehicles in stock ready to go and the staff to help you find the perfect fit for you. Plus, every new Kia comes with our amazing 10-year, 100,000-mile limited powertrain warranty. This April, don't be fooled by the old car sales tricks. Visit us at MidwestKia.com and experience the better way to buy. And remember,
1: we want to see you in a Midwest Midwest Kia.
3: $300 rebate off MSRP. In stock units only. 2023 Kia Nero EV. 2.9% APR up to 48 months. 22.09 per month for 1,000 Finance, Qualifying buyers only. See dealer for details.
7: We all hear the radio ads about the IRS. They tell you to be afraid, to be scared, and they try to frighten you into calling. Sixty nine eighty six tax relief advocates, real solutions for real people.
4: Banks on the brink. Inflation played a key role in the recent bank failures. Our
1: banking system is critical to the American economy. We need to learn from what has just happened with these banks.
4: Banking on our minds.
1: The average American doesn't get it. They don't understand.
4: Inflation, it's a kiss of death. Bank on us. We will continue to closely monitor conditions in the banking system. The banking system is safe for breaking
1: financial news. The banks are open. The assets are protected. Your
4: deposits will be there. We- you need them. This is 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. If you want to hear it.
7: I love the podcast. The personalities. The best music.
4: I like to hear the news updates. It's on the Odyssey app. It's the most accessible.
6: Wherever I'm going, whatever I'm doing. The Odyssey app makes it easy.
4: Your audio toolbox. Easy to get my news right on their app. Or listening to podcasts.
3: Always music that makes me feel good. It's my go-to
6: news source.
4: The Odyssey app.
7: I love it because it's so portable.
4: In the office, in your home, in your car, everywhere. Gotta download the Odyssey app for sure. From 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Your phone call is welcome at 869-1330. This is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS.
2: Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Sponsored by Wink Hartman and the Hartman Group of Companies. As always, you can download the Odyssey app. Give you access to all of our podcast episodes there. And make sure you like and follow the John Whitmer Show on Facebook. And follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer. Those are the best ways to stay informed on Excuse me. Voila. Kissless guy. (laughs) Sorry. Rocking it out in the studio tonight. Andrew and I are, you know, pounding back a couple of (laughs) floodlights. Or not. (laughs) Ah, uh, Such an outrageous story. I I just, uh, such an hour. Speaking of outrageous stories, um, I'm sure you've seen the news, but Laura Kelly, uh, Lion Laura, I'm going to govern from the middle. Reelect elect me because I'm bipartisan. I mean, how many of us remember the ads where she was sitting around the table and she had a Republican on her right and a Democrat on the left and she was in the middle? Or the other ads where she was walking down the middle of the road and so many of us were hoping she'd get run over by a truck. But now she's walking down the middle of the road and talking about governing from the middle. Well, middle of the road, Laura Kelly issued the first of her two vetoes on Friday. Um, I tell you, you know, this woman is about as middle of the road, whatever. I mean, we all knew that Laura Kelly was a liar, but to veto a born-alive abortion bill... I. This is just insanity. So the Republican, and actually that's, that's I'm reading press coverage from the Kansas City Star. The Republican-led, legisl- controlled legislature gave final passage. Yeah, um, that's not accurate because Democrats voted for this as well. Democrats voted for both of the bills that she vetoed. But the first one was it passed with a veto-proof majority. And it basically said that if a baby survives an abortion, you have to give it medical care because it's alive. It's a baby. And Laura Kelly thinks, nah, I don't like that. That's extreme. Yeah, you're right. It's extreme to save the life, to give life-saving medical care to a baby who's alive. That's middle of the road for you. Middle of the road. The other one was the Eddie Eagle bill, which taught gun safety. And it, it not mandatory. Just said stop, don't touch, run away, tell an adult. But she didn't feel she didn't approve of that either. So when they go back, the legislature already has two bills, two vetoes to try and override. Wish them all the best in that seriously, born alive abortions and Laura Kelly thinks that's extreme. Middle of the road, folks. Dana Lash next Sunday. Hope you'll join us.
1: Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my word